Hey guys, welcome back to Positive Impact with Andrew Schultz, episode number 49, The Christmas Miracle. I wasn't planning on recording this podcast, yet in one of my meditations the other day, it came to me that we're coming up on my dad's 10 years of sobriety, and he got sober on Christmas morning 2009, and it's important that I share the story because it's a story of hope, inspiration, that if my dad can get sober at age 66, stubborn, wasn't going to have anybody tell him what to do, that if he can get sober and change his life around and change the trajectory of our family, then you can do it or your loved one can do it. A friend can do it. And that's why it's important that on Christmas Eve, when I'm recording this, Christmas is tomorrow, and tomorrow we celebrate my dad's 10 years of sobriety, and it's literally a Christmas miracle. It's divine intervention, and I want to give you some context to the story, because 10 years ago, my dad had exhausted many, many he was like like a cat with nine lives. There was many things that happened that he put himself in dangerous situations that he shouldn't be here. You know, there he, there was one time he left his car running in the garage while he was sleeping with the door open. There was a time he fell asleep in the middle of an intersection. Um, there was numerous trips to the ER and ambulance rides black eyes. And by the grace of God, we had the opportunity to do an intervention. And I remember I got a call from my brother. It was right after Thanksgiving, 2009, 10 years ago. And he called me and then he sent me a picture of my dad's black eye that he had tried to show up to work on Monday morning following an accident at the bar that they had to call an ambulance. He went to the ER and he tried to show up at work wearing sunglasses and he had the biggest, most gruesome black eye that I have ever seen in my life. And my brother texted me a picture of it, of my dad. And it was, it was one of those moments that you never forget. And it was a call to action, needless to say. And we knew if we didn't try to intervene one final time to save my dad's life, to get him sober, he wasn't going to be around much longer. He would have killed himself, if not other people. And I remember getting off the phone with my brother and we were calling different rehabilitation centers, Hazleton in Minnesota, Betty Ford in Palm Springs. And we found a guy who was willing to do the intervention from Palm Springs associated with Betty Ford. And we put our plan into place that we were going to do an intervention because my biggest fear in life up to that point was giving the eulogy at my dad's funeral without the opportunity to help save his life. And that was my biggest fear is to give the eulogy at his funeral and not being able to, to intervene and do something to, to help him. And that fear inspired action. And um, 
We put a plan in place. And so I was living in San Diego in 2009. I was flying back for the holidays like I did every year. So my dad didn't think anything of it. And Christmas Eve, so exactly 10 years ago today, we had a plan in place that we went over to the hotel room of the guy who was doing the intervention. So we're in Omaha at this time. And there was really bad snowstorms. The roads were really bad. And I remember we showed up the hotel room and it was me and my brother and my sister-in-law, my brother's wife, and our high school football coach. Our high school football coach, Bill Cole, a dear, dear friend of our families. He, he coached my brother in high school. He coached me in high school, a dear friend of our families. And it was the four of us and the interventionist. And he had us write two letters. One was a letter of love and support that we were going to read to my dad, encouraging him to get help and go to treatment. The second letter was the same with the disclaimer that if he didn't go to treatment, he wasn't going to be in our life anymore. And he wasn't welcome at any family functions. And he wasn't welcome or to be involved in my brother's kids' activities in sports and school. And we had those two letters and we read them to prepare them for the next morning. So the next morning, we showed up at my dad's doorstep and it was Christmas morning. He thought we were coming over to to open up gifts and it was the same five people, me and my football coach, my brother, sister-in-law, and the interventionist. And we show up on his doorstep Christmas morning in 2009. And at this point, it was one of the worst blizzards in the state of Nebraska in history. And we were the only car on the road Christmas morning. There was no other cars. Visibility was terrible. Conditions were brutal. And I'll never forget it. And I remember we show up on my dad's doorstep. He opens the door thinking we're getting ready to open presents. And we were told not to talk. Let the interventionist do the talking. And the look on my dad's face when this guy who my dad did not know said, Bill, I've been hired by the family. We need you to sit down. We have some things we want to talk to you about. And my dad's eyes looked like a deer in headlights. And I remember we sat his chair in the middle and we made a circle around him. And for the next two hours, we did everything possible. We read the first letter. He wasn't willing to go. Every excuse in the book, I can do it on my own. I'll go later. It's not that bad. I just had some bad luck. We read the second letter, got his attention a little bit more, but still not a willingness to go. And it was a very tense two hours. And at this point, we had two flights booked from Omaha to Palm Springs to go to treatment. We had a bag packed for my dad. The plan was to have my brother get on the flight with my dad and fly him out personally to make sure he got there safe. 
They had a bed waiting for him at Betty Ford. And he wasn't willing to go. And I had read a letter from my Aunt Marilyn, my dad's sister, who was alive still at that time. And I read her letter. We all read our letters. And I remember showing my dad pictures of my nephews, Mason and Reed. Mason, who passed away from cancer. We showed him pictures of his, my dad's grandkids. And by the grace of God, something clicked. And my dad, there was a sliver of willingness and he said yes. And thank God that the flight was getting ready to leave in like an hour and 15 minutes. So we didn't have time to sit around and chit chat. There was a sense of urgency. And I remember we had his bag packed. He tried to come up with more excuses that he didn't have anything packed. He wasn't prepared. He wasn't ready. We had it all done ahead of time. And by the grace of God, we got him into the car, drove him to the airport. My brother and him got on the plane. One of the only flights that got out that day. The flight from Omaha to Phoenix, Phoenix to Palm Springs. And my brother was sitting next to him. Christmas morning. The Christmas morning miracle. And the fact that his flight was one of the only flights to get out that day, that alone, but just everything else that led up to that point. It took everything we had for two hours in my dad's house to get him to say yes. And it was the love of family. The love of family that got him to say yes. And it's one of those days that I'll never forget. And I didn't think it was possible. I I really did not believe that we could do it to be completely honest with you and transparent. I didn't think there was any way in hell because my dad was so stubborn, set in his ways. He was 66 years old. Nobody was going to tell him what to do. He had resentment towards my mom and everybody else who he felt wronged him, that he was drinking away his pain and, and, and his problems and thinking and nobody was going to tell him what to do. And by the grace of God, he... He got on the plane. The plane got to Phoenix. Another plane got to to Palm Springs from Phoenix. And my brother walked him in and there was a bed waiting for him. And the amazing people at Betty Ford, Dr. Harry, Bob Newton, they were expecting him. And they were there on Christmas Day to make sure they said hi to him. They welcomed him. If Dr. Harry and Bob Newton weren't there, he would not have stayed. They're the best in the business. And the people at Betty Ford, they made him feel welcome. He was not happy. He <laughs> like a bull in a china shop. He was not happy. He it took a it took a while for him to get over it. We still joke about it now and we laugh, but woo, it was not, not easy sledding early on but he stayed 
one day at a time. He stayed and got better and got sober and stayed sober. And if anything happens to my dad and if he was to pass, there would be no regrets because my family and I know we did everything possible to save his life, to give him the best life we could to help him. And for the last 10 years, we've, we've got to spend with each other. We've got to heal our relationships. I remember driving from San Diego to Palm Springs many times to go see him. Family week, he and I, <laughs> it was February, 2010. So he had been there for about six weeks and it was time for family week. And I was going to go up and we were going to talk about things <laughs> that we had never talked about before that were swept under the rug for a long, long time from my childhood. And it was my opportunity to tell him and, and share my experience, my truth about what his drinking did to impact my life. And I remember he and I sat in a small circle in, a, in our small group. Thank God we had Andy, our counselor. Andy is the best in the business. He was our counselor from my family week with my dad and I when my dad was the patient. And then Andy was, Andy was also the counselor when I was the patient at Betty Ford when my mom came out to do family week with me. So Andy, if you're listening, um, you're the best in the business and I love you. But we were in Andy's office and it was me and my dad in, in the circle, people surrounding us. And it was my opportunity to tell my dad for the first time in my life what his drinking had done to impact me. And I was scared shitless. Like this didn't happen. Like we just pushed it in and <laughs> Pushed it under the rug, stuffed, repressed. This is not something we talk about. Just pretend everything's happy. Go lucky and everybody's good. Well, we weren't good. I wasn't good. And this was my opportunity. And I remember I went for a run that February morning in Palm Springs for family week. And I started crying. I was going on a run knowing I was going to have the opportunity to heal wounds with my dad. And I remember I looked up in the snow-capped mountains in Palm Springs. It was gorgeous. And there was a song by Rascal Flats on – it's a country band. And the song was talking about the love of family. When we get back – when we get knocked down, we get back up. And I just started crying because this was my opportunity to heal. And God, this divine intervention, how everything had worked out up until that point. I knew this was a great healing opportunity and I was scared, but I went through with it and I was able to share with my dad and many different times since then I've shared with my dad and we've healed wounds and um, made things right in our relationship. And now our relationship has been better than ever. We talk many times a week. I was just back in Nebraska to see him and he got to, make amends and heal wounds in his own life with other people. 
and he stayed sober one day at a time. And here we are 10 years later tomorrow, Christmas Day. And uh, I don't talk about it very much. And it's important that I share it with you guys because if you or somebody you know is struggling, if my dad can do it at age 66, there's hope for you and your loved ones and your friends and family. This Christmas miracle even 10 years later, I still can't believe it happened. I didn't think it could happen. And it did. I'm so grateful every day since that. It's been just a blessing. And there's peace and healing. No matter what happens today or tomorrow, there's peace in our relationship my whole family, as my dad got sober and stayed sober, he inspired me to get sober. So four and a half years ago, they repaid the favor. Intervention, Betty Ford. It wasn't on Christmas morning, but it was also a miracle. And what happened was my dad getting sober inspired me because he showed the courage and willingness to surrender. And I knew if he could do it and when he did it, I couldn't say no because he showed the courage to do it. And if he wouldn't have done it, I don't think I would have done it. And we both probably wouldn't be here today. And I'm not saying that for exaggeration. I'm saying that because that's the truth. And so my dad was one of the key people with my mom who now they get along and talk to each other. And as my dad got sober and as I get sober, all the relationships with my family and loved ones continues to get better and improve and blossom. And so when they did the intervention on me, I was surrendering and willing because I saw what my dad had done to change the trajectory of our family to break the cycle of addiction. And that's the best part of the story. If we can do it, you can do it. And if you or a loved one is struggling, maybe this is a message and a signal to get them help, that there's hope, that there's people that are willing to do anything to help a loved one get healthy. And it's a Christmas miracle. And I don't use that term loosely. Without a doubt, divine intervention. That's the only thing, that's the only way this whole thing makes sense. For my dad to get sober, to stay sober, one day at a time for 10 years, and then inspire me to get sober, to get me the help I needed after we got my dad the help he needed. What a gift. What a gift. And for him to accept the gift and then for me to accept the gift. Now we share a sober life together. Both of us sober for the last four and a half years. 
this is what the holiday season's all about, the Christmas spirit, Christmas miracle. And I just encourage you, if you or a loved one is struggling and needs help, know that there are people out there, there are resources out there to get you the help you need or to get your friend or family member the help they need. Please contact me. I, If I can help, I will. I can help get resources. I know a lot of people in the recovery space. There's a lot of people that are willing to help. There's a lot of people struggling during the holiday season, and it's important that we just take a minute to reflect and have compassion and love for other people because we never know what other people are going through. People who are isolating and lonely during the holidays, who don't have friends or family, or they do have friends and family, but they're not healthy. We can all be a shining light, a beacon of light for other people. And I'm just so, so grateful for my family's Christmas miracle. 10 years ago tomorrow, and the wheels were in motion 10 years ago today. When I prayed to God, please help my dad get sober. Please help him say yes. And so many people So many people that helped my dad. (laughs) Along the way, the interventionist, the high school football coach, his sister, my dad's sister, my Aunt Marilyn, who passed away. My nephew, Mason, who inspired my dad to get sober. All the beautiful people. And the, ex, the, the counselors, the doctors, the technicians, the drivers, the cooks, the cleaning staff at Betty Ford, the fellow patients, the people in AA who helped my dad get sober and stay sober, all his friends in Omaha, This is what the holiday season is all about. Stories of hope and love and resiliency and courage and compassion and people coming together to help one another. That's the story. That's the Christmas miracle. And Again, if you or anybody you know is struggling and a loved one who needs help, Please reach out to me. Please reach out to somebody. We never know what other people are going through. And your acts of kindness and compassion and love could be the difference of somebody making it and somebody not making it. And it's not meant to be drastic and extreme my saying that. I've just lost too many friends to suicide and overdoses that I know what reality is. I encourage everybody to let your loved ones know during this holiday season how much they mean to you, how much you love them. Squeeze them a little harder when you give them a hug.
and know if my dad can get sober and if I can get sober with divine intervention, higher power, God, whatever you want to call it, the universe. We can, if there's a desire, if we can dream it up, it's possible. And I dreamed my dad to get sober. Did I believe? No. But I prayed and I asked and I kept praying. The power of prayer. With God, anything is possible. And I just want to thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks for your continued support. Please share this with anybody who is struggling, who needs inspiration and hope. And um, I wish everybody a beautiful holiday season. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy New Year. Big things for 2020 are on the horizon. Thank you for all your love and support. But today we're focusing on the Christmas miracle. The love of family and friends. Anything is possible. Hope and inspiration. And everybody have an awesome day. Big hugs. Lots of love.